Today we uh, come to the fifth Sunday before Lent. We kind of had a little, uh, Zacchaeus is the normal reading here, but we jump that, that jumps. Sometimes it moves around because there's a little distance between uh, Epiphany and Lent. When it's longer, sometimes Zacchaeus is earlier. I know some of you jumped a little bit two weeks ago that, oh my gosh, Lent's right around the corner, Zacchaeus. No, now you can jump. Lent's right around the corner. Five more weeks. The church in her wisdom gives us an opportunity to prepare our hearts for Lent as we then prepare for the passion of our Christ. The first week is theme is desire, and we see the Canaanite woman having her desire fulfilled. Next week will be the publican and the prodigal son, which the theme is humility. Then the product, the, I mean the publican and the Pharisee, then the next week is the prodigal son, and that theme is for repentance. Then we have the last judgment, and then forgiveness Sunday. So we have these beautiful themes where we look at our heart. Do I desire the right things? Am I humble? Am I repentant? Am I prepared to meet my Lord? Have I forgiven others? Then we step into Lent. So today, beautiful theme, desire. And um, it's not simply a desire like, I want a new house, I want a car. You know, it's a desire that needs to meet the will of God, a desire that is most expedient for us that is unto our good, unto our salvation. We seek that desire. Lord, what, what is that desire in me? What is that, that desire that matches in you your will? That's what I want, that desire, that one. You know, there's a, there's a beautiful line in one of the prayers. It says, teach me to pray. Pray you yourself in me. We have that same thing here. What is the, what's my desire? What is that desire I need to have? Lord, show me that one. I don't want to be caught in all the stuff of this life. I need that desire that meets your will. So and when we find that, it raises us above our limitations. We have limitations if it's just our work, our effort. But when we find that desire, it raises up above even our own limitations. So, let's look at this account, which I always, when, when, uh, when we go through the account of the Canaanite woman, it's always like watching a movie you don't like the end to, and you hope God doesn't say what he's going to say, <laughs> but he says it anyway, you know. So, it's very beautiful. She comes to him, uh, a Canaanite woman, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he didn't answer a word, didn't say a word to her. The disciples came and begged, sent her away. Tell her to go away. She's bothering us. She's a Canaanite woman, not a Jew. Send her away. But she came and knelt before him again and said, Lord, help me. And he answered, it's not fair to 
take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Wow. Lord, you didn't really say that, did you? He says it every time. <laughs> I'm sorry. We want not to be there. He's waiting for the punchline. And then she says in, in extreme humility, Yes, Lord, not rejecting that. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Wow. And then he says to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed immediately. So we see this 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 kind of combination of things. First, her desire, and then her immense humility and her persistence. How important these things are in kind of manifesting our, our life or God's life in us. So let me go through those three, uh, I think, important virtues. One, the right desire. The Lord does say to us, let your desire be known to him. Let me read this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We all know when we offer up that desire to God, there's a sense of relief. A sense of, it's, it's in his hands. It's, in, it's on his altar. So we, we kind of are freed from anxiety. It says and we find peace in our own hearts when we put that desire. And then as time goes on, God can move that desire to his will. But we have to have the, um, the desire, the humility to bring it to him. Take it to him. He says, bring your desires to me. Bring them to me. But you, we need to understand something very clearly. Because when you come to God and ask Him to do something like that, you need to be willing to change. Because it's just not a simple uh, fulfilling of a request. Lord, give this to me. Thank you. I'll go away. Okay. No, it's an encounter with the divine. It's, it's an intersection of earthly and heavenly things. And it should change you. You look at all the things that have happened in the Gospels, when that encounter came, it changed the people that, that it encountered, that divine grace encountered. So when we come to God with a request, and we desire that request to be fulfilled, and that request is fulfilled, it should change us. We've just touched the divine. God has just touched us. I need to be thinking about how my life should be different from here. Sure, let me share you a story. This is really awesome about this very thing. Uh, we were at the table at lunch, and uh, Father Mel Jamaica, who's uh, up in Everson, Washington, was sharing a story with us um, about desire. Okay, Back in 1976, he and Father Joseph Copeland, then Mel and Joe, uh, 
decided to leave the city and buy an apple farm in Yakima, Washington. And as Father Mel said, we had no idea what to do. We knew nothing about it. So they got in this old truck, and they were driving around. And as I said, the truck was so old, you could, look, you could see the ground through the floorboard. It was split up. You couldn't, for the gears, you couldn't find the gears, you know, the windshield, nothing. It was one of those old trucks. He said, after they bought the farm, they had $12.78 left to their name. So they were driving around to kind of figure out how they were going to farm these apples. This is amazing. And their desire to come was to leave the city and find the kingdom of God. That's what they wanted to do. These are two incredible men. And so, they put a tape in of Father John Braun preaching on the kingdom of God in 1976 in this car. And they said that the Holy Spirit filled that car so much that they both started crying. They couldn't stop weeping. And they left home. And Father Mel came in and Carol said, what's wrong? He says, I got to take a shower. He jumped in the shower. He still couldn't speak. And he said, Lord, never let this feeling leave me. And he said, it hasn't. Desire. Desire for the kingdom. Desire. It changed them. Father Mel started three churches in Washington, and now there, were, started, there was one church in Yakima and one in Seattle, and now there's ten churches in Washington, around the, basically around those two men. Desire for the kingdom. A desire that matched that will, and God met them, Holy Spirit met them, filled that car. It was so, the reason that, that came up was because somebody described that car is still there in Yakima. So Father Mel says, I'm going to come and get that car. I want that car. So pretty awesome. So desire, so important to bring that desire to God and allow that desire to match his will and miracles can happen. You go beyond your natural limitations. So the next is humility to come with with humbly before God, as the Canaanite woman did, uh, with courage and confidence. She wasn't going to be pushed away. Didn't matter what the disciples said or the Lord even ignored her. Or the Lord even kind of pushed her away with a comment. She was not going to be denied. Because we don't come to simply a, simply in a, in a sense, simply to Christ, but to a loving Christ. That's what she knew. Didn't matter what he said, because she knew he she knew he loved her. And he was she was going to stand before him until she got what she wanted. Because she knew this was what God wanted to do for her. So it's not a prideful demand we come before God, but it's a it's a it's a humble confidence and a courage that we stand before God with our desire. It's very important to understand that. It's like a child going before their loving father and to find comfort in his will, comfort in him. So let me, in terms of this, I want to share a story about Mother Victoria, about humility. You know, Mother Victoria wanted to be, uh, she was looking for a place to settle, okay? And so, thanks be to God, she chose Santa Barbara and um, came all by herself with the desire to start a monastery. 
I remember doing the first Vespers with her. It was on uh, a little house she was living in on uh, Castile Street. And the altar was a TV tray. And the icons were set on either side of the wall heater. <laughs> this was her monastery. Humble, right? Humble. Humble. And she stayed there for, I think, a couple years and tried to find somebody to come with her. She moved over to Milford Street, and uh, somebody came and then left. Somebody came and stayed. Somebody came and left. Finally, Mother Melania comes, and the monastery begins. Humble. Lord, just help me build the monastery. Help me build the monastery. So we went from... Uh, two nuns on Milpas to a pack of nuns over on Butte. They had to get another house. Deacon Howard and Gail bought a house and, and let them live in the house on, uh, what's the name of that street? San Pica. And uh, so they were a, a bit away from each other. And so finally, she buys the property out in Santa Paula. And so here's this humble woman just saying, Lord, help me build the monastery. Help me build the monastery. So uh, there's not enough room for the nuns in the house. So we get RVs, all these old RVs. And she puts them all over the property. <laughs> it looked like you were going to a, uh, some homeless encampment. You know, it was like, it was really kind of funny. Uh, and, but beautiful. And they all came. And so the county comes, and there's... Uh, uh, electric wires just all over the place, you know, because <laughs> they had to have electricity these things. So, County, the guy was so wonderful. He said, you know, I think you need to change this a little bit. <laughs> so, and she was grateful for this. She said, you really need to get him out of here. Keep one, but not all of these, because it's really a danger. And so, there starts another monastery up in Calistoga, Sends her nuns up there and now builds this one. So out of one small woman with her humility, she has built two monasteries. Both will be full. And she has people waiting to come to her. Humility. Just come one day at a time. Patient humility. One thing after another. So beautiful. So wonderful. I like to tell the story, so I'm going to tell it anyway, so it's okay. Uh, when we were on Milpas, um, there was a uh, Hispanic family right next door. And they were very nice to her. And we always had vespers outside uh, in the evening. And uh, one of the uh, now Metropolitan Archbishop Benjamin, then he, I think it was Deacon Vincent then, or maybe his father Vincent, came to do vespers. And they were playing uh, kind of mariachi music in the background. So we would between each of the phrases here. And so at the end of it, Archbishop Benjamin uh, gave the homily, says, you know, Mother, this is the first time I've ever heard a mariachi vespers. <laughs> but that's, and she, we went across the way and we said we're having a service and they said, oh, forgive us, Mother, please, we'll, we'll quiet it down. So very beautiful. So all these humble things, humility, just doing what God wants you to do. So, perfect. And then finally, her persistence. So desire that matches the will of God, 
humility that allows us to stay kind of in the game and persistence where we just aren't going to give up. We're just going to keep asking, going to keep asking, even when there's no answer, even when we're discouraged from within or from without. And we, even if we grow weary, we're not going to stop asking. We can just even say, just a little bit, Lord. Even the crumbs are okay. Even the crumbs, that's okay. So, what I'd like to end with is our story. Just some crumbs, Lord. That's all we wanted. You know, at one point, we were looking for a, about 35 or 6 years ago, we set out in Isla Vista, we need more room. We need to build a church. And so we looked all over the place. Give us just something, a little place to, to hang our hat, to begin the work of the kingdom uh, in this community. Just a little place. And uh, through many, many disappointments, God gave us a little crumb. No. He gave us a jewel, a gem, a crown. It, it, but it took us to walk through this. I think it was an important journey for us to learn, to continue to lay our desire before God, continue to be humble before him and to continue to be persistent. So he came and gave us all this. And I remember the verse that came to me when we first moved in here, and I'll read this so we can understand how God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us all in our desires. So for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what God wants. Fill us with all the fullness of God. And then he says this. Now to him who is able to, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. World without end. Amen. God be with us.